Normally, we do a roundtable discussion, which involves a couple of participants this time around. Uh, it'll be more focused on one of our guests today, uh, Amber. So really, before we jump in too far along, I think uh, it's appropriate to get a little bit of your, your background. You can tell us a little bit about yourself. There's kind of a lot going on from the way it seems. So however you want to categorize yourself, what you want to prioritize, I'll leave that part up to you. And then we'll dig in a little bit and see uh, what's going on. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Nicole, for being here with us today. I'm excited to talk with you both. Um, yeah, as you say, Aaron, my my background is uh, multiplicitous. I have lived many professional lifetimes um, in in my short lifetime to date, and my background experience spans from spending ten years in the world of high finance and real estate development. Um, all the way to spending a year doing field research with large megafauna and uh, ocean creatures off the coast of Africa. So I have had a very diverse range of seeing sort of different um, different human paradigms, you know, different different experiences of life on planet Earth um, from living amidst uh, tribal people in a um, subsistence way and even spending significant time with hunter-gatherers uh, in different parts of Africa, all the way to, yeah, traversing the spaces of high finance in New York and San Francisco, and uh, then living a really outdoor-focused, adventurous country life in between. Um, but what ties the threads of my experience together is looking for ways to create positive impact on planet earth. And as I've grown older and gained more clarity about where I want to invest my time and energy here in this life experience, I've become really, really focused on our ability as humans to create art that creates life. And I really use that as a guiding principle of my life and work now, because I've recognized that if I center my life on creating the art that I want to make, then the life that I want follows that in turn. Um, so in addition to being an artist, I also really, really enjoy talking with other artists about how to make that possible for themselves, how to make that shift to uh, becoming creators and um, yeah, making a life that they love to increase the peace and the harmony and the beauty that we're experiencing here together. The first thing that came to mind is like something to, um, to kind of spark an interest on my end was mm -hmm. just the idea of art being that kind of generative force. You most, you know, most times you think, well, I create the art, not like I'm creating the art to make the impact or create the, the life that I envision or something like that. How does that play out in in your world, in your terms? How do you see kind of the art equals the life yeah, equation? Yeah. You know? So when it comes to creating art that creates life and then 
that life being generative of creating more art. I'm, I'm, I have a specific response in mind, and I'm also really interested to hear from Nicole because I know Nicole, you work across media too, and so I wonder how this applies in your life. Um, but for me personally, the the practice of writing and writing poetry in particular only comes through my movement and devotional practice. So in order to be in a mental and physical space where the poetry is coming through me, um, I access those spaces through yoga, through meditation, and through um, my devotional practices of, of communing with the earth, which for me involve really, really deep listening. Um, I pray by listening, not by speaking. So when I am in that mode of listening and poetry moves through me and, and onto the page, um, that's the first little seed of a creative process or creative project that, you know, is being planted. And in the context of exploring, expressing my poetry across media this past two years, I've had the pleasure of collaborating with other artists to grow my poems into songs and creating original music for the poetry to sort of nestle into and allow me to express the poetry in my own voice instead of just only in my own words. So really to explore the carrying capacity of my voice and what I can communicate in terms of emotion and um, just those levels of communication that we are capable of as humans that are out beyond words. So the poem starts to crack open its shell and grow little sprouts and bloom into something unexpected in song form. And that process of inviting other artists in to collaborate where they're pouring their sound magic in with my word magic, suddenly there's something new that's growing there. And that is an ignition point for me where I know that as an artist, instead of just making a static thing, I am actually gathering fuel, right? Like that process gives me energy and a, a fire in my soul that really helps me create new, additional, interesting things and carry that energy into how I do the rest of my life, how I love my family, how I grow my food, um, how I pay attention to the world around me. Um, and from that experience of living life more richly and in a more connected way, then that puts me in a better place to practice that deep listening for more and more art to come through. So that's the spiral that I feel myself writing when I'm really dedicated to the process of creating, especially across media and my daily life as part of what I'm making. Um, as an offering to honoring myself and, and honoring the earth. I love that. I know I am so like bad at deciphering when I should jump in, but <laughs> um, no, actually I'm like really pretty stoked that Aaron asked me to be on this. Cause I feel like we have very similar ways of kind of um, like interacting with the environment and like, hmm. We work in different media, but like as far, I mean, poetry is a point at which like, you know, we have like, we share common ground and that kind of thing. And like, I very much, um, 
I guess like when like my poetry process is very much like rooted in my like personal experiences and like communing with nature and like getting outside mm -hmm. and being out there. I think that's like where honestly like all of my creative inspiration comes in a lot of ways the most powerfully um and has been that way like my whole life I grew up by the beach and as I've like grown and experienced more spaces and developed a greater passion for traveling and having all of these different ways of interacting with the environment that's just snowballed itself you know and and my creative work and so it kind of I think very much in the same way like it all starts in in this 2d form you know I have got like journals where I'm like scrawling just like stream of consciousness stuff that um I'm experiencing and all of that kind of thing like in the very much in the moment and then um and then it like makes its way further you know into a poem or like a lot of times I'll have sketches that like end up on my like ceramic work and it all is like coming from the same place though so I like I love that idea of there just being this seed that wedges itself into your brain and then it like grows roots and <laughs> starts like sprouting off all these different things and like I I find in a lot of ways that like one thing will inform the other so it's like if I write a poem about something you know then that same landscape still is like stuck in my brain and I like have to figure out how to kind of like get it out onto something else whether that's your picture I've taken or you know, getting it onto like a, a piece of pottery or something like that. Um, they all end up invariably connected. Mm -hmm. um, and I recently kind of started this new body of like ceramic work where I am like making pieces. One, I've actually like taken my wheel like out into nature and like thrown pieces in the wild, which has been really fun. Um, but at the same time, I've also kept pieces bisque. So they're like ready to have like surface decoration and then like gone back in um, and taken them with me like on camping trips and sketched them like in real time and then come back and finish them in the studio. And then um, from there, incorporating also like lines of poetry that were like written in those spaces or inspired by those spaces. So it's like finding the waves, ways in which like all of those things interconnect, um, which is cool. So I like I relate to that aspect of it being this just like spiral of everything builds on top of each other. And you end up with all these different ways of like maybe exploring the same experience, but like in different methods um and just kind of like getting into that deeper I don't know like con connection to it or I'm trying to think of like the right word but maybe understanding yeah maybe layers um, of interpretation um but I agree that exploring one experience through different modalities gives us much more insight and it like I think it provides a lot of a lot more ways to connect with people too. Mm -hmm. um, I think your project where you're taking your poetry and then adding, like making these music pieces is really mm -hmm. cool because not everyone reads poetry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like... It's a lost start. It's a lost start. But like, not everyone like finds it to be the most accessible art form necessarily. Um, and so I... I think it's really cool kind of taking that and put and adding in that like musical aspect and like incorporating your voice and like being able to express it in that way, because it does allow this ability to connect with a whole separate audience of people who like may never like 
necessarily be interested in like seeing it on the page because that's not their like modality for like experiencing art but hearing it you know then that like gives them access I don't don't know like for me like art is like one of those things it's like you consume it and it, it, it inspires you to make more like when you when you read or you consume a piece that you really connect with it like makes you want to make things and so I think anytime you can put work out in different ways that can touch people in different ways and like allow them to experience that energy too you know then it just like again kind of feeds into this idea of hopefully someone finds something that's inspired to make something else and just put more of it into the world um I don't know (laughs) that and that's what it's all about for me is spreading that inspiration right and I love the image of one candle lighting another Mm -hmm. because our our flame is never diminished by by lighting another's flame it it, there's that moment of spark and of of ignition where the fire grows right and um I I I love that sensation and that is what I experience in creative collaboration so um I I love that image yeah I wanted to touch on like the the connection and like the almost calling it an audience or finding an audience, spreading your work to an audience. It makes it like sound a little too formal, I think. But I think what we're getting at is, you know, that sharing process of like creating something and sharing it with another person. And that keeps the spiral going. And, and that person might get inspired in a different way, in their own way. And I guess the, the add-on question is like, maybe in practical terms, how have you found like, putting your work out there and reaching that audience. Is it, is it really that collaborative process that broadens the the scope and allows more people to reach it? Is this something that, you know, just happenstance of like, Oh, this thing caught on a little bit more than the last thing. Um, How have you found that building process of reaching people um, who maybe not aren't like literally right next to you. And like, you can say, here it is in real, you know, in, in real life. Right. Yeah. It's interesting now that we're all sharing art in digital space, it feels very different, doesn't it? Um, because there's, there's a, there's a couple, a couple different answers to that question, the beautiful layers of that question. But I, I want to speak to that experience of releasing something, something digitally, because, you know, this album that I've just spent two years working on, there are 12 pieces of poetry and music encapsulated there. And um, the process of releasing it out, out into the world has been so interesting because it's not happening in my real life. It's not happening in my day to day. It's happening somewhere out there in digital space. And I have set these little creations free and now they're traveling around the world. You know, when I released my first single on September 1st, I watched as within the first 30 days, that song had been played in 72 countries. And it's it's wild to think that it's spreading out to Cambodia and to the southern reaches of Africa and across Europe and South America. All the while, I'm not experiencing any of that on the creator side. So that's that's a really interesting concept. But the the inverse of that experience is as a new creator especially I really called on my discipline 
to not to do two things. Number one, create the work first before I gave any thought to who was going to consume it and seal that container because then promoting it and releasing it is a completely separate thing. And number two, to allow myself to not focus on numbers at all because numbers are very arbitrary, right? Especially when you're releasing music. Like as a, as a musical artist, I can look at the release numbers that Beyonce is experiencing and that could make me feel very small in this world. But rather than taking that approach of focusing on numbers, I've really paid deep attention to how I impact individuals. And I have watched some of my very favorite musicians and some of the most compelling musical performances of my life have been played to remarkably small audiences. Um, the first really big poetry reading that I gave at a festival in Brooklyn, um, I think I had a 2 a.m. time slot and the audience was so small but that night, my husband was in that audience. And it was my first opportunity to perform a set of my poetry for his ears to receive. So I really focused on the experience of that one person receiving and feeling my work and let that be the source of my validation, you know, keeping it really personal. So that's something that I would invite other artists to, to, to call upon. And then, you know, the next step in answering that question is about collaborating with others and um, collaborating with others can be a beautiful way to connect us with other audiences, which I love. Um, but it can also be an incredible way to really feel seen as an artist, which gives us so much more fuel for the fire. You know, when I was making this album, um, I did a lot of the primary composing of the music with a really talented engineer, producer, musician named Ben Leinbach. And he's been in the music world for many decades and I'm brand new to it. But I was just as pleased and amazed by what he was offering musically as he was surprised and delighted by what I was offering with my poetry. And so there were these moments in the creative process where we were seeing each other and really seeing the unique value of each other's work and for me, that's all it takes is to experience that reflection in one other person who's really paying attention to, for me to feel like it's worth it, right? Um, so those are some of the ways that, that the music has spread out. But I, as an artist, you know, um, I, I know a lot of artists like to keep really tight reins when they're creating something and they don't want to let others in until it's finished. I, I have almost the opposite approach. I really think of myself as like one tree in a forest when it comes to expressing my creativity. And I know that the health and vitality of what I'm doing are really increased by the health and vitality of every other living organism around me. So I want to encourage that interplay and that exchange because that's what gives the project more life. So that that that's definitely been true of this experience of of collaboration and um, yeah I wonder how that lands for either of you. The only thing I would add, just to like because I think it was it's an interesting point of clarification maybe because you, at first you said you know it's important to to have a tight seal on my like creative container, um, mm -hmm. 
but that does include the collaborator, like they're part of the creative process. So it's not just yeah. me isolated, one person creating and then publish out into the world. But I, I see what you mean. It's the creative process in the sense of the collaborative creative process. Keep that as something that you go through as a fully formed, you know, whatever your process is, and then ready to publish, ready to put out there, like you said, without worrying too much is like, are people going to like it? That kind of question is probably wise to uh, set aside while you're, uh, while you're making something, probably. That was a good like little asterisk on your first point there, which I like. And then, yeah, numbers can be screwy. I agree with you there, which mm -hmm. is probably, um, I like the little anecdote, right? Because yeah, if, you, if it is connecting with somebody, it's more than zero. I think that's you know, that's, that, that definitely is something to, um, you know, take seriously, not, not, not really, not take it too lightly. Yeah, hmm. I really liked the point about collaborating, too. Um, I had, like, it's interesting because, like, my first collection that I wrote, I wrote pretty much, like, entirely by myself with, like, very little input from other poets. Like, after I had gotten, like, after I graduated from college, I, like, around a lot so I didn't really have like a community necessarily of people like I went from like the incubator of like being in a seminar where like we had critiques and constructive criticism whenever we needed it to like not having any of that and like really not like having like a writer community to work with or anything and um and then now like this collection I've worked on now like I've been in a situation where I have been able to meet a lot more writers and like be in a community um then being involved in the wild roof community and having you know like workshops and feedback there and then like I have some really good friends here that are writers and like being able to get ideas feedback and being able to bounce off of you know even just like other artists that aren't in the same medium as you like being able to have like creative conversations about the concepts that you're working with and the things that you're trying to communicate and like looking at different ways that you could communicate those things that wouldn't necessarily think of on your own because it's not your way of doing it you know it's like it's been like really interesting to watch not just my process change but then like watch how it's like affected kind of the work that comes out of it as well um and like, I feel like it's a lot stronger personally. I've been kind of like loving having that. Um, but yeah, I love that. The idea that we all just kind of make each other better, you know, by a, like by having that shared experience and that like collaborative X process and everything. So yeah, that's been my, that's been my experience for sure. I, I have always been a student of, of deep ecology, you know, from the time I was a kid, I was really paying attention to the interplay between different animals and different plants. And then of course, you know, my time as a field researcher living in remote parts of Africa, I really got to see how ecology works without human interference and to remember how we interplay with that ecology just as organisms, right? like kind of discarding the the human um, ego for a moment and really paying more attention to how we impact the world around us in a physical way, um, in a material way and in an energetic way and how we are impacted by the plants, animals, you know, biome that surrounds us. Um, 
And that's been important to me to reframe how I think about relating to other humans too, right? Because every action that we take impacts all of us. And when you're in that safe container of a workshop or a circle or, you know, a retreat setting or whatever it might be, where you have that that established sense of safety and rapport with the other humans in the space, then our ability to exchange is really amplified. Um, and I love nurturing those kinds of creative spaces that really help us see our, ourselves better too, right? When we see the the beauty and the creative potential of another human, we're so much more likely to be able to recognize our own. I'll go in a practical direction, if that's okay. Um, <laughs> so in this, in this listening practice, uh, your album's called Listen Deep. We should mm-hmm. mention that. We'll mention it again at the end. Uh, but listening's big um, in your in your process. And the question or kind of just to get your thoughts as far as like, what does that look like? Um, as far as like passing it along to listeners, chances are they probably have a connection to nature if they're listening to this. Um, most likely they're a creative person if you're listening to this. Um, so, I mean, what does your process look like? Do you have a, is it more formal or is it something that's just kind of more intuitive? How might a person say, yeah, I really do want to listen to nature next time I go outside? Um, what might that look like for somebody who might not quite have that in place already? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I have spent a lot of time really clearly understanding what I need in order to be in that space of creating. Um, so I'm I'm very clear on that. And for me, it's about having a clear energetic space. My partner and our two young kids and our pets and our garden and other things that need my care. And um, I need to create an energetic container that seals out those other demands for a short period of time in order to dedicate myself to listening. That's step one. So whether that means prioritizing your creative space in those few moments when the house is empty, or if you have the ability to, um, you know, utilize a library or a favorite park, or, you know, a camp out overnight, or whatever the case may be, a a hike. Um, But creating a space where you're either solo, or you're with people who don't, um, don't place demands on you, right? Like, I can't, I cannot be in the creative mode when I'm with my seven and 10 year old, because my nervous system is attuned to them. Um, So that's the first thing is eliminating those other distractions for whatever period of time. Uh, And then secondly, making that a priority. You know, when we have those few spare moments or we have the ability to carve out space in our lives, there are a million logistical and practical demands that are calling for our attention. But for me, I was very, very clear, especially after coming out of raising really tiny kids, that my creative space is where I create the energy that I need to live. Like that is where I'm gathering fuel to do my life. So I feel really good about making that my top priority when I have the time. Um, And then uh, the third thing I would say is paying a lot of attention to 
what other practices you see and hear from other artists, other creatives, other people who um, are really embodied and trying out a range of uh, different practices to see what gets your creative energy flowing, what gets you into that space of receptivity. Um, I know for some it's listening to music, for some it's certain kinds of movement, you know, um, for some it's running, for some it's yoga, for some it's meditation. Uh, I have one friend who is in her creative space when she's on a flying trapeze, you know, um, whatever extremity you need, but really listening to these kinds of conversations from other artists is what's given me these little hints of like breadcrumbs on the trail um, to follow, to find the practices that work for me. And my practice is not rigid. It's very, very fluid. I have to be able to move with the tides of what's happening in my body, in our wider world, in my day-to-day -day life. And um, I will point to one of the artists who's been most instrumental in helping me shape my creative path has been Elizabeth Gilbert. I don't know if you've ever discussed um, Liz Gilbert's work on, on this show, but her conversations, particularly around her book, Big Magic, were really instrumental. And some of her public lectures were really instrumental in helping me to um, explore the practices that helped that inner creative voice grow stronger for me. So I, I have looked to other artists whose work really resonates um, and whose voice really resonates and and really uh, tried everything that they told me to try that sounded remotely attractive and keeping the things that I loved and freely discarding the rest. So I, I, I believe for me in that fluidity of trying, um, trying anything that, that calls with to your curiosity until you find what resonates and what works. Yeah, do you have anywhere to go with that, Nicole? No, I mean, I connect with a lot of that. Um, I also love Elizabeth Gilbert's work. So <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything like specific in response to that. Um, I was curious if there was anything that like stood out kind of as being like the most rewarding part of the process of putting this new project mm -hmm. out so far. Of putting it out or creating it? I'd say maybe both. Okay. I guess like yeah. I could see those as two separate things. So both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, creating this album, while I was creating this album, I absolutely experienced the purest moments of like creative joy and ecstasy that I've ever touched in my lifetime. And that all really comes back to the experiences of collaborating. Um you know, back to my memories this past year and a half of of creating the the music that I made with Ben Leinbach. Um, we would spend days in his home studio where I would walk in with work that was completely unknown to him. He'd never heard anything about it. And I'd lay down a vibe, either just a beat or a song in reference or try to verbally describe like the musical tone that I was going for in a piece. And he would begin by laying down a, a beat for us to work with. And then we would build like a few little sprinklings of musical layers on top of that without ever touching the poetry. And then we would bring in the poetry and lay down the voice and the words and the tone over that little baseline of the music. 
And from there, then we would start exploring these sound patterns to bring in. And where my words were creating really like um, a journey, you know, kind of navigating us through this poetic journey through space, Ben was bringing in these beautiful sounds that were creating like the sonic landscape through which that journey was going to traverse. And um, he was able to see and feel and hear a structure for these songs that was just untouchable for me. So I was pulling in the shape of the words, he was pulling in the shape of the sounds, I was pulling in the voice. And then there were these moments of the creative process where we'd hear the beginnings of this music and we'd be listening to it in the studio and I would hear my voice and I would hear his bass line. And then I would hear, feel and hear him live in front of me, like playing uh, an acoustic guitar and just like weaving these notes around, around my voice. And um, that experience of just watching that unfold was pure joy, like pure, pure joy. And that feeling that like nothing in the else in the world existed. So that was the highlight of creating it for sure. And then the highlight of releasing it has been seeing just this little beginning sprinkling of feedback um, for people who experience my work and feel like immediately called to go to the ocean or feel immediately called to go connect with a forest. About 10 years ago, when I was wrapping up this year in Africa and I was you know, looking at the rest of my life and looking at returning to the United States and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to make an impact and who I wanted to be, I crafted this mission statement where um, I became really clear that I think my highest capacity on, on earth this time around is to inspire people into closer connection with nature because I have experienced and I believe that when we are in connection with nature and in connection with our higher selves, we are kinder, more compassionate, more empathetic, and we make overall better decisions about how we're going to treat ourselves and how we're going to treat others, including our planet. So when I see people receive my music and then feel compelled to go out into nature and look around and listen and pay attention and connect and offer whatever their own flavor of gratitude is, you know, back into the earth. That's, that's it. That's the mission. So just to see the beginnings of that has been um, really beautiful and really gratifying. And uh, yeah, it feels very settling feels very calming for me to experience that it feels like um like it's like I'm finally connecting as a human being you know from whatever's going on deep inside my heart is reaching deep inside others hearts and that's that that magic space that art allows us to kind of bypass the brain and connect more um from the deeper experience of of who we are yeah wow yeah so it's like yeah message received you know it's that confirmation we all want to be heard we all want to be understood and when you get you know a sign back that that's happening that's that's uh it's a fulfilling thing yeah for sure so we'll end with the poem i feel like we do want to acknowledge the ocean i don't know if that if it's putting you on the spot but can we learn like a, a fact or something that 
most people don't know about, let's say, like whales or something, or the ocean in general? Is there something off the top of your head? That's like just even a tidbit, just a tidbit. <laughs> yeah, I'll try, to, I'll try to <laughs> distill it um, as finely as I can, but I've spent the last couple of years doing so much work with whales, whales and dolphins, and uh, particularly the conscious experience of whales and dolphins. Um, I wrote the narration for a documentary film called Ocean Souls that is um, just a gorgeous film that really speaks to the layers of emotion and intelligence, um, family systems, and then also ecological interplay that whales and dolphins have with our oceans. And, um, you know, as, as land-dwelling creatures, we fail to consider how much our very survival is dependent on our oceans. But, you know, the current, the current state of the world um, and state of our, our forests and our seas, um, at, at, at present, about 50% of the oxygen in our atmosphere is generated by the plants in the ocean, whether it's phytoplankton or kelp, um, but the living green things in the ocean are producing the air that we breathe. And what many people don't realize is that the great whales in particular, the big baleen whales that um, traverse the oceans in these migratory paths from pole to equator every year, they are the gardeners of the seas because when they're at the poles feeding on these really nutrient rich foods like krill um, and plankton, they are carrying all those nutrients and minerals to the equator. And as they uh, feed their babies, um, as they deliver their waste, as they birth their young, um, they are depositing the minerals that they've carried from the poles into equatorial waters and literally fertilizing the bloom of living plants in the ocean. If whales stop doing that, if their survival fails, then the oxygen engine of our planet is in jeopardy, right? So when we think about why whales matter, from an ecological standpoint, you know, they, they are part of the engine that drives our nutrient cycle, that drives our water cycle, and that drives the, the healthy oxygenation of our atmosphere. And we literally cannot survive without that. So they matter to us in an enormous way. And I, for one, you know, it's one of a thousand reasons that I feel really committed to protecting them and honoring them um, and making sure that they have a, a safe place in our broader ecology and really examining the habits that I have that might contribute to making life more challenging for them, you know? Yeah, that's a, something, yeah, the average person would think about on a given day. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. How about a poem? That seems like a good way to, uh, to wrap things up, if you would give us a piece. Yeah, you uh, just you made me change whatever. my mind. You made me change my mind <laughs> about which be, one I want to offer. That's going to be an ocean poem. Um, yeah. But you could say whatever you want if, if it requires setup or if it doesn't, that's perfectly fine as well. And I'll leave it to you. Yeah, I, I would like to share a poem. And um, what I'd like to do is share a poem that's called Our Mother. Um, it's a poem that 
grew up into the first single on the Listen Deep album. Um, but I'll read you the original form of the poem, because then if you take the chance to go listen to the song, you'll have an ability to sort of trace the evolution of how it's bloomed and grown. And this poem is special to me because it, it carries deep, deep echoes of the Lord's Prayer, but it's a deliberate redirection of the Lord's Prayer um, in honoring the ocean and particularly in honoring the, the feminine forces of creation that we feel and experience through the ocean. Our mother who art an ocean, hallowed be her name. She makes our air, she loves, she cares. She rocks our boats and sweeps our beaches with waves. She makes you feel something as you watch her storms brew, or even in soft seas, watch her shimmering light change. She shows you her deep when you look out to sea, her nature, her movement, her pace. The flow of shapes fleeting, she's dancing, she's leading, she's calling us back into place. Because we belong here together, a common purpose in service, in healing, in moving with grace. So let us listen to the sea's needs, shift our focus back to nature. It's time to act now, it's time for a change. Turn our fronts back towards center and lean in together. Feel the light warm us, hearts rearranged. We'll flow in reciprocity, she'll care for you while you care for me. This is how we can make being human on earth more humane. Wonderful, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> so if there is a, uh, is there a preferred method for checking out the album? It's on Spotify and Apple Music and the usual yeah. places. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, the full album is available for purchase on Bandcamp. Um, and yeah, you can find find my work anywhere on those platforms by searching my full name, Amber Herzog Lyman. And then um, my professional website is amberherzoglyman.com. Um, and I also make announcements about new work and collaborations and what's up and coming um, on Instagram at Wild Wonder Nature. I think that's how we initially got connected because we both start with wild. So it's just like, <laughs> that's just kind of like it pops up when you're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> it might've been a ran it might've been as random as that. <laughs> it might've been. And I, I just also want to um, thank you, Aaron, you know, I've known of, of your work and the way that you curate the birth of so much art in our world. Um, I've been watching and paying a lot of attention to what you release and what you produce and what you cultivate and um, you know, your early feedback on my work really pointed me in the direction of um, leaning into telling my story and to sharing my unique experiences of, um, you know, where I've lived and what I've worked and what I've learned uh, in this lifetime. So um, what you're doing with Wild Roof really has made an enormous impact on me as an artist. And uh, I really appreciate what, what you do in out there in the world. It's, um, it's really important and it's effective as well. So thank you. Uh, 
That's always uh, always welcome to hear. It's always great to hear. And we recovered it, the, the feedback and the the um, you know the inspiration and the influence and the connection. So yeah, thank you for that. Uh, that'll keep me going another couple of years. <laughs> and thank you for being here, Nicole. I know you're you're yeah. early in your um, process, and I'm so excited to explore more of your work as well. I really appreciated getting to know you a little more today too. Yes, no, this is awesome. I'm so happy to have been a part of the conversation. Um, I'm excited to get on. I listened to a few songs before we hopped on today. So I'm excited to like really experience the whole album and all of that. But this has been really fun. I'm a sucker for little art conversation. So <laughs> and if there's anything you want to plug, Nicole, ceramic art page is called. Oh, yeah. I've <laughs> Um, I, I guess my pottery stuff is unearthed artworks, um, pottery and photography, I should say. Um, and then I have a collection of poetry out um, and it's titled Brackish and you can get it like at most places online. Um, you can get signed copies on my website, which is just NicoleBethuneWinners.com and you can find everything on there too. So. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> nope, we got to do the business on things. Yeah. I know. And, um, but yeah, so always enjoy these conversations. So yeah, thank you to both of you once again for, for hopping on today. And I'll talk to everybody again soon. Good night. Good night. Thank you.